Greetings, Amigops, and Top Teners everywhere. Welcome back to Top 10 with Kyle and Mike. I am your co-host, Kyle. Opposite me today is your lovely tea or coffee sipping co-host, Mike. Right next to him is our very special guest, new friend of the pod, Shelby. Now, this week, there's a Top 10 list that's been put together. Shelby put it together. I don't know what the topic is. I don't think Mike does either. We will vigorously debate it, and by the end of this episode, we will have arrived at a definitive top 10. So what are we doing this week, guys? Thanks, Kyle. The list I prepared for this week is near and dear to my heart. It's top 10 Disney soundtracks. Ooh, okay. Yeah. This is very exciting. So for the listening audience who doesn't know, Shelby is my coworker and dear friend. We both work in the world of high finance. It's very sophisticated stuff. Uh, so Shelby, on her, in her spare time from said high finance, she watches a lot of Disney. She is a Disney fanatic. She has made friends at work specifically through her Disney fanhood, and it's something really delightful to watch. So I want to spoil some of the magic of the pot. I actually do know what her topic is going to be. I didn't do any of my own research because... I didn't want to. That was kind of the big one. And I wanted to leave it to the expert. Um, but Shelby is going to be, uh, is going to be our expert on the ground on this one. So I'm very excited to have her. Yeah. All of, all of that's actually true. Yeah. No, that was not made up. This is, it's, I usually exaggerate when I introduce our guests. That was definitely true. Yeah. I have decades of Disney visits and movies and. I don't know. So when I was offering different topics I felt comfortable doing, this was, this was my very particular set of skills. Yeah. I tried to get, I tried to get something related to her political science background. I actually, this is a real, this is a true story <laughs> that my first inclination was to get Shelby to teach us something about the world. Like I wanted her mm-hmm. to explain like the Israeli Palestinian conflict or like what the hell happened to the Korean peninsula. Like that's what I wanted. And she said no. <laughs> she said absolutely not. I was like, I, but a close second. Yeah, she's like, I have no interest in explaining it to you. I will, however, discuss <laughs> Disney with you guys. Explaining that to us would be like a three-hour podcast, which no one. It wants. would, but but it the thing is, to make a tough ten, top ten of that too. No, you could do it. <laughs> See, this is Kyle and I. Eventually, we're trying to turn this podcast into a scam where we trick knowledgeable friends mm. and eventually, like, credentialed experts to teach us things. And I consider you the closest thing we have to a real expert in a real topic. Like last week, or I guess a couple episodes ago, Kyle was discussing how we had a real expert on our hands in Mikey Mike. Like Mikey Mike is our, is our physics and aerospace engineering expert in the group. Shelby is our go-to person for all things happening in the world. She is, she's much like Jameson in that sense. So we've got, we have a person who could be teaching us something, but instead, that is actively choosing not to. Actively <laughs> choosing not to. We'll be teaching us about Disney. Well, we're still learning something. Something very important. This is true. I'm a little worried because right before we started this, I spent probably a minute, minute and a half trashing <laughs> one of Shelby's favorite Disney <laughs> movies of all time. So we're up to a hot start. Yeah, that felt fitting. But I think this is a nice segue into my ground rules. Which yeah, are, that's big. Okay. Which are quite extensive. Of so that particular wonderful family-friendly film is actually ineligible for this list, Thank the God. way I've constructed it. So I said, first and foremost, no Pixar. Ooh, okay. and, and my argument there would be, I think, 
movie soundtracks in Disney movies are achieving something or going for something very different than a Pixar movie. I think the move, the music in a Disney movie is a plot point. Like it moves yeah. a plot forward. It adds something. I think in a couple of Pixar films that happens. Um, but for the most part, it's much more traditional, like enhancing the movie in and yeah. of itself. A little more of like a, more of a, like, just a traditional movie soundtrack. Exactly. Yeah. That, like, <clears throat> there's, there are tons that I love. It just, yeah. it was a tough comparison, like on the metrics that I'll then go through. Yeah. To kind of put them head to head. The closest one would be Toy Story, I think, to like a conventional think, yeah. Disney soundtrack, but I completely agree with that assessment. And I think, I think that's fair. Yeah, and also, and all of these ground rules are up for consideration as we go through. But, but yeah, just offering them is the way I thought through this list was with these three rules, uh, four rules. I added one at the end. I also did no live action, and so that's kind of in part to capture a lot of this like Disney redoing stuff mm-hmm. now era. But I also feel like the core of Disney, like its bread and butter, is the animated film. Yeah. Um. So it just felt tried like the true way to go about doing this. And from there, a series of movie would get only one spot, yeah. even if it somehow worked out that you wanted two separate ones in there. It feels there's plenty to work with. Even if we're thinking like Lion King one and, one and a half, half. I yeah. was really I was hoping that that would make an appearance on the pod, but apparently that's uh, if it is, it'll be lumped in with a yeah, few if inferior it is, it's films. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And then this kind of goes without saying, but certainly no Disney Channel original movies. Yeah, um, totally different beast. I'll always be a super. Not even girl. Life is Rough. Okay. <laughs> how many f's are in that <laughs> two f's and life is rough. two f's well yeah no yeah. let's be clear i actually i think you just referenced it really quickly there there's a top one in that category we don't even have to get there it's xenon yeah girl yeah. of the 21st century and we again, don't even have to talk about but that is one that's kind of interesting that yeah. it, the series of movies could be eligible but it one could spot be but like equal but supernova girl <laughs> is actually a transcendent song and stands on its own outside of the universe of that film that's just an it's iconic yeah god i love that movie i mean i think high school musical technically falls into oh, this bucket <laughs> but yeah Okay, but again, ineligible. Um, So then I have a million criteria that I'm going to try to run through really fast. Yep. Just to let you know the way my brain works. So things that I took into consideration were overall success of the movie itself. So the longevity and the staying Mm. power and the popularity all factor in that if it's a great soundtrack, but no one cares about it, it doesn't really matter. Um, The combination of like show stop and numbers, as well as the overall strength and like goodness of the soundtrack itself. So they'll you know, be balanced differently for different mm-hmm. ones, but kind of weighed those in. Famous singers. Um, there's some really cool guest appearances mm-hmm. in here that kind of are nice enhancements. Yeah. I like that. That's kind of putting a couple of things in my brain. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, there's, and even more than you'd initially realize. It's yeah. super fun once you start digging in too much. Yeah, and then, like, I kind of also factored in, this gets to the Pixar piece a little, but, like, some of the instrumentals and, like, the way these soundtracks enhance the movie are super awesome and, and important to factor in. And then I also thought a bit about, like, eras, like, just, I think, recognizing my bias. I grew up in the 90s, like the Disney Renaissance, and you guys aren't going to be able to help with this because you did too. That's true. Um, but that was a ripe time for Disney soundtracks, yeah. and of course there's going to be nostalgia and, and I think potential overranking on our part just because of the place that those movies hold for us. I think I'm willing to allow that. I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, and I think the way I kind of dealt with it internally is... There's some great movies that are pretty recent, but it's yet to be seen if it has longevity and yeah. staying power factor. And so maybe, as you guys have alluded to in other pods, like in five, ten years, this list would look a little different mm-hmm. if we see some of those sticking around. So that's how I kind of thought through this. 
I think is you have you... done your due diligence. Yeah, I did, like, I did a little bit of work. Those seem like I think those seem like good ways to think about this and good ways of avoiding what Kyle and I are constantly battling with, which is making this our top ten list, which we try not to do. But I think you've got a good systematic approach. Yeah, that to be said, I, I need to call it early before before I forget. But my sister has been a huge part in putting mm. this list together. So this goes out to you. All right. So do you want to get into this thing? Want to get going on some rankings? Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's roll. What's number 10? Yeah, so number 10 from 1999 Ooh. is Tarzan. That was the first thing that I thought of when you mentioned the celebrities. Yes. I thought of Phil. I yeah, <laughs> Phil Collins. Yeah, near and dear to my heart. I think what's what's a cool example here is that for a lot of these, it's like it's really cool that Disney got this cool celebrity yeah. be involved. But this was actually, as the internet tells me, it was like a turning point for him in some cool mm-hmm. ways. That there was a Genesis like get together that happened this year, and it kind of re kickstarted some of our friend Phil Collins's stuff. And then he did the Super Bowl the next year. Wow! A- and there was they did two in- within his Super Bowl set. He did two worlds, which is from Tarzan. Itself. Oh shit! Whoa. According to Wikipedia, all of this could be wrong. No, no, I like that. I, so this song, this exact instance of Phil Collins doing this song. Reminds me of a phenomenon that I was experiencing the other day. I forget what exactly it was, but it's where, as a young person, you get introduced to a great artist or <laughs> yes. actor in a, in a so way true. that is totally inappropriate to the larger context of their career. It's like Michael Scott loving Woody Allen, but he's only seen ants. <laughs> and, and is, like, as a kid, the only access I had to Phil Collins was the Tarzan soundtrack, and then I later discovered he had had something of a musical career before Indeed, that. Yeah. I forget what the hell this was recently, but something, like, maybe even more outrageous was happening, but this is a great example of mm-hmm. how we have to ch- check our generational bias Definitely. Phil Collins to our parents being in this movie must have been a coup. I, yeah, well, yeah, because like, it's funny. I probably I don't remember the exact instance. I don't think I was smart enough to be embarrassed, but I probably heard a Phil Collins song and was like, "This is the guy from Tarzan." It's like, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's like when um I talked to the a, a family friend of ours who was like, "Do you know who Peter Dinklage is? He was an elf." It's like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> same kind of thing, but like. To me, this is, I can't even, I don't really know much of this soundtrack beyond the main, like, the main title. So, like, Mm -hmm. but that is a banger of a title. Like, when I think of Tarzan, I think of this song. Like, the two, for me, can't really come apart. It's really a beautiful song. It's, like, one of the few songs that I listen to, and it can kind of make me tear up a little bit. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a really good one. I totally agree. So it like it hits on the iconic song note. Yeah. But then also, I don't know actually, I don't know which one you're thinking of. You think of You'll Be in My Heart. You'll Be yes. in My Heart because mm-hmm. I think Strangers Like Me is also quite excellent, yeah. but probably a notch or two below that one. Two Worlds was in it. And then also, I don't know if it was in the movie or just like an extended thing. Trash in the Camp like is a song from this movie that I oddly know and it's with NSYNC. And so it's kind of like what? a fun and they did the Super Bowl in 2001. I don't think it's correlated to this movie, but it's kind of a fun fact. Holy shit. <laughs> this is like a Kingmaker soundtrack. You yeah. got people getting Super Bowl bookings based Just off of the Tarzan 100%. soundtrack. <laughs> so, and it's a great song. Highly, not like iconic by any yeah. stretch, but highly enjoyable. Like some nice, I'm not going to sing it, like riffs You're and very fun, welcome too. like acapella stuff going on. Wow. So worth checking out. 
This is like a time machine sort of soundtrack. This is great. <laughs> I feel like I'm stepping back and, and revisiting my five-year-old self. Oh, yeah. A lot of these are going to feel like that, yeah. but in a really wonderful way. Yeah. Um, I think the reason I didn't list it much higher is it's great and I think des- potentially deserving of a spot on our list, but I think the movie isn't as widely beloved yeah. and doesn't hold up particularly well in this potential climate. Oh, is it problematic now? No, no, I just, it, it falls into like a colonial paternalistic bucket that mm. like isn't the same. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I, I feel like it's interesting to try to trace why these movies don't necessarily kind of have the staying power where some others do. And it, for whatever reason, it, it could be related to that. This is one that I feel like has sort of been relegated to that. It's not quite like the trash heap of Disney movies. It's just sort of this middle forgotten realm. <laughs> But the soundtrack, I think if you, I think this sort of works for and against the movie because it gives the movie less of a reputation. Like people don't remember it that much. But when people remember this movie, they remember the soundtrack. Mm. That's the thing they remember. Mm. I, I totally agree. Like that's the defining, this song is the defining part of this movie. Yeah. It came out in a weird time for Disney. Like this was right after or right before Treasure Planet. Like, it's... Oh, my God. Oh, interesting. Holy shit. Weird. Don't spoil something later in the yeah. list. Ah, <laughs> oh, darn. You missed it off by number one. <laughs> it's just, like, kind of a weird, like, a weird phase in Disney's, like, relatively, like, recent modern history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I like it at number 10 for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll see see where we go from here. So, number nine? Wait, did I actually spoil with Treasure Planet? Because we can definitely... Oh, my God, no. Oh, oh my okay. God, literally not. <laughs> I was, like, I was like, that has a soundtrack. I was like, I thought you were serious. I was like, seriously? Okay. <laughs> You're like, this looks Oh, this sucks. is the greatest thing that's ever happened. You just got got by your own I, thing. I just he, he does this all the time to <laughs> poor fuckers. Like, just totally get got by Kyle. And he doesn't, he's just so smooth with it that he doesn't even really know he's getting somebody. Yeah, it felt weird even to say because I was like, all right, like, are we allowed to acknowledge the premise here? And yeah. Okay, anyway. All right, number nine. <laughs> number nine. Speaking of a bit paternalistic and colonial, <laughs> oh, Pocahontas. Boy. Oh, no. Dialing that one up to a hundred. <laughs> similar, similar problematic, I think, <laughs> premise issues. Um, my historian sister had some qualms. I think Mel Gibson also doesn't hold up as I well. actually caught up with your sister about this and she walked me through <laughs> she walked through to like a shocked audience some of the blow by blow reasons why Pocahontas is not historically accurate yeah. and it was it was an enjoyable conversation it's one that if you had the soundtrack on its own yeah. it, it could be a lot higher mm. um, it has received a lot of acclaim Colors of the Wind reached yeah. number yeah. 4 on US charts um, it reached what? a Billboard 200 number one. Oh, also, all of this is from the internet, so it's potentially real, but unver Like, I don't have two sources. Yeah. The album reached a Billboard 200 number one and went triple platinum, and it won <laughs> Best Original Score <laughs> and Best Original Song for Colors of the Wind. And it was, it, this was early in the Alan Menken era in Disney and is pretty cool. So he's, anyway, so 1995. Awesome songs to list off a few other good ones. Just just around the river bend, steady as a beating drum. Not so good ones. Um, the v- Virginia Company slash Dig and Savages. Um, yeah, that's a so, tough you know, one. So you know, Yeesh. you take the good with the bad. Yeah. Uh, but but what's good is pretty darn good. Those statistics were wild. There's more of those, my friend. Jeez, what do you know? What year that was, Shelby? 1995. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I mean, Colors of the Wind isn't, is an all timer and like particularly amazing when watched, when, when you watch the movie in conjunction because the, the coloring of like the way they actually drew the wind and the colors is 
is pretty stunning. Can I ask a stupid question? So Pocahontas would be considered generally a musical-ish, like a sort of, like what's the, I, I feel like some of these Disney movies that I expect we'll be talking about are a little bit more like song as part of the movie oriented, where some are a little more soundtrack oriented. So in just thinking about Tarzan and Pocahontas, I feel like Tarzan, this, if I'm remembering right, and please correct me if I'm mm-hmm. wrong, the songs are more of like a soundtrack that happen to play a big part in our recollection of the movie, whereas Pocahontas is more like the characters actually singing on screen, right? Is this right? Um, I'm not fully clear on the distinction you're like, making. Like, I don't think the, the characters sing the songs in Tarzan, whereas I think Pocahontas, uh, this is like Pocahontas sings yeah. paint with, or yes, whatever it is. Colors of the Wind. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, okay. yeah. Because Phil Collins isn't Tarzan. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was just about to say, how much better would Tarzan be if Phil <laughs> Collins voiced him? It'd be a lot better. But I just, I'm just trying to make sure that we're keeping an eye on that, because I do think yeah. that makes a big difference to how we perceive these. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think I think what you'll find is, the way I thought about this, I think Tarzan is more of the outlier. I think yeah. Disney does a really good job yeah, for sure. having some cool voice actors, and then whether or not they're trained singers, yeah. forcing them to sing, or finding better singers to sing. Yep. So, <laughs> so which is cool, because then it, then it really truly becomes like a plot element, yeah. which is, and it moves you forward, like either like skipping through time, or like gets a point across. Totally. So, yeah. Dig it. That's a great number nine. Yeah. Number eight? Number eight. Please. The Little Mermaid. Wow. Shocked to be hearing from this so early. Yeah, I think this is one, this is where all of the subjective nature comes in. I think this was never one of my, like, number one favorites, but, like, certainly deserving of recognition when it comes to, like, best songs and, and stuff like that. It's 1989, so it's the first of the Alan Menken era. I, I call that a little twirly with Pocahontas. So this was his, like, first joining with Disney, there are some other people that'll come in and out that are important. And so this is what kind of kickstarts the Disney Renaissance. It's the first time they tackle a fairy tale since Sleeping Beauty in, I think, 1959. Yep. And then, so it won Best Song for Under the Sea, and it won Best Score. And then Holy shit! These are winning <laughs> Oscars? Yeah. This is We're crazy! Starting, like, number eight is winning Oscars. Wow! And so it's just, like, an awesome soundtrack. I think, like, super well-balanced that, like, I don't love Ursula's song, but like Poor Unfortunate Souls like really features her in a cool way. We have some cool Sebastian action. Mm-hmm. And then like um Ariel songs are fire. Like they're yeah. well, ironically, they're so good. Yeah. So I th- I think it's a pretty cool one. The listeners can't see it, but Shelby really lit up there. Like just like saying I think it might have been her feeling really cool and saying the term fire. Like it made her feel really cool but she also just felt it i could see like she felt those ariel songs were fire and i dug hashtag fire actually i really liked it (laughs) yeah this is like the well poor unfortunate soul is like one of the best like villain songs Mm -hmm. i can think of that which is its own little genre yeah and there are a couple of other ones i can think of but this is a, a really good one and like i feel like the like tonally a lot of the songs like they have the same overall tone in this movie but there's a Mm -hmm. lot of variety apart from that so like like the sebastian stuff is very different from the ursula song which is very different from the ariel there's a lot of a lot of different speeds you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. the the range is wide on this movie yeah and i think it allows like it allows you to feature the different characters in some interesting ways it it gets a lot across about them in a three-minute song that you couldn't otherwise and in hour and a half movie these are really good points i hadn't thought of it that way but i do think that that at least from the list so far sets this one apart a little bit because it Mm -hmm. does 
the the songs do a little more work, I think, here than maybe mm-hmm. in the other two. Yeah, I think that's fair. I I don't think it's an understatement to say that Under the Sea is one of like the one of the most fun to sing along to in like the pantheon of like car blasting Disney songs. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I like, also blow that blow, blow. like there's seriously. so many good parts of that song. I want to be very sure that I get this on the record. I saw Caroline's dance recital. I want to say her junior year of high school, and one of her friends was Sebastian in a dance set to Under the Sea. Oh dear! And it was fantastic. And if there's footage. I really hope we can get it. We will post it with her face blurred out <laughs> because it was fantastic and gloriously embarrassing. And she wasn't embarrassed at all because the song is so hashtag fire. It was great. <laughs> Were you intentionally doing that because Ariel's hair is red or is that just like a. <laughs> it was more of a water thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fire and yeah. water. Okay. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it works on a lot of levels. It works on so many levels. <laughs> even when, even when Shelby's trying to give us some of like the, the millennial slang, it ends up working on a lot of levels. Okay. This is that, what, okay. This is that's what we're the getting. last time I do that. <laughs> oh, you're going to hear it. About just kind of happened. I was like, oh, that just came I know, out of I my love mouth. Cause goodness. I can see, I can see you hesitating. You were like, there was a, <laughs> Your brain was a, in the captain's chair. Oh, <laughs> was yeah. like, don't say fire. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. It was a strange one. I love it. It's a good it. joke. Yeah. It's got, it's got legs to stand on for sure. Yeah. Totally. That's great. Well, Kyle. Unlike Aria. Oh, jeez, Louise. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, all right. So we just went through number eight. Kyle, traditionally, I think this would take us to the segment where we, uh, talk about not tops. That's true. We would, we will need, in order to get underway on that, we will need somebody to cue the not top three music, though. Shelby, any ideas who should cue the music for us? I think Michael should cue that music. All right. Kevin, could you hit us with that stanky beat? <laughs> All right, now we can get started. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. You're the best. So it's not top three time? Yeah, let her not rip. Top three time. Um, so I didn't do this right. That's um, okay. So we we could kind of do a not top three, mm-hmm. uh, but the problem with Disney is even when they do it wrong, yeah. or like the movie doesn't make sense anymore, it's still won Oscars for it. Yeah, true. Um, and so what I also kind of prepared, so you guys can decide, I did a not eligible bunch of movies. Oh, that's actually, you know what, so that's probably good. So the Pixar. Yeah, and the, uh, I like fine. that. Yeah, so I think Coco has a fantastic soundtrack. Oh, and I think we're going to be talking about it, like, in the future, like, in five years, this pod, yeah. or if it had uh, Pixar in it, it would be awesome, oh. and it's important and pivotal. Um, Kyle's not going to like this one. Mary Poppins. <laughs> I mean... Julie Andrews is a treasure, (laughs) and the songs are amazing. This is very true. So far, these are two films that would rank very highly on this list, were they eligible? Mm -hmm. And I I like both of them as representatives of the Pixar camp and then of the live-action camp so far. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think I'll get to some more of these in the honorable mentions, but like as far as not eligible, um, some other Pixars with great soundtracks, like... Toy Story, um, I think, would be the Pixar film that most closely fits the criteria of this list. But then so many of these Pixar films, like, I think The Incredibles and WALL-E and Inside Out, that just have these wonderfully enhancing soundtracks that I just enjoy. In a very different way. The Incredibles, I'm sure I'll let Kyle go on Incredibles. But The Incredibles, I think, is a little bit more like just a great 
movie soundtrack, mm-hmm. like just a theme, like a score. Yep. I listen to that soundtrack all the time. It's just like a really nice big band piece and yeah, like perfectly, perfectly, perfectly sets that movie. Like it's a very big part of what makes that movie feel mm-hmm. like it's when and where it is. It's, it's yeah. beautiful. And I think Coco is a, a great example because like, maybe more than any other soundtrack we're going to talk about, like music is such an important character and driving force of both the plot of that movie and of the motivations and feelings of the characters. Like, what an incredible soundtrack. And yeah, we've talked, we've lauded Toy Story before on this podcast, but mm-hmm. the, a huge part of that is Randy Newman. Mm-hmm. And even though I don't love Mary Poppins as a movie, I certainly understand the merits of its soundtrack. <laughs> I mean, it's awesome. And they're, what's cool about this list is, is they're just all great in very different ways. And yeah. it's like a nice reminder of the breadth and, and the role that a soundtrack can play and make movies that much that much more awesome yeah and they can play subtly different roles that you're alluding to like Mm -hmm. they each of these soundtracks is is slightly different in what it does but really cool for that Mm -hmm. definitely so i think inadvertently i think we're gonna like talk about a few more potentially ineligible ones in the honorable mentions but i tried to do my best of sticking up pure disney there but i just wanted to at least make sure i mentioned yeah these here excellent we dig it do you want to hit us with number seven? Always. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're taking this back Ooh. to 1967 Okay. for some Jungle Book action. It's awesome. Um, yeah. Just hands down. I think it represents a completely different sound in Disney era than what we've talked about so far. Yeah. Um, my, my father pointed out, I want to be like you. Like, I want to walk like you. It, Louis Prima at like the height of his career and who's awesome. So what a cool get for Disney to incorporate yeah. him into this, into this movie, let alone the bare necessities, which is just awesome. And when the, I've been listening to Disney music to prepare for this pod and just to exist in my everyday life. And when like the strings of that music starts, I'm just, you just get excited. It just really captures the movie in a cool way. It has lived, like, it's one of the ones that we have a longer track record to see that it's actually lived on and people yeah. still care about it. And I think that was re-jump started by the new live action version, which is kind of nice to see that it's moved forward in time. And then what's cool about this one too is uh, Walt Disney actually worked on this film. Whoa. Um, yeah. Eight, eight, I wrote down eight original songs in the score, so I assume that he worked on those. But he did pass away before the film was released. But it's, I think, the only one on here with his fingerprints on it, which is kind of cool. Wow. Wow. That is really cool. I think what's what's funny is this introduces... So you, you kind of touched on a little with Little Mermaid being based on uh, a fable. But I think it's the Jungle Book is perhaps the most notable example of this, though we'll get to some other ones, where we're taking a really classic tale that has no of course because it's written like it has no musical element to Mm -hmm. it at all like none but now our perception of that story has been altered so fundamentally that it's hard to even imagine telling or hearing the jungle book story sans the bare necessities Mm -hmm. now don't get me wrong a couple of people (laughs) have done that recently or at least i guess andy circus did it recently but it's it's crazy how how that story now rests so much on the music mm-hmm. because of this adaptation. I remember when the shoot, what's his name? The John Favreau, the John Favreau Jungle Book. The first trailer for that movie came out. There was like yeah. a shot. Of, there was no music in the whole trailer, and then at the very end, they show Baloo kind of on his back, and he's mm-hmm. whistling the Bare Necessities, and it was mm-hmm. like ah, like it. 
it didn't feel like the Jungle Book until that happened. Like, Mm -hmm. totally. Which, like you were saying, is incredible given that the Jungle Book was originally a book that didn't feature that music. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, that, I actually really liked that version of the Jungle Book. It was a spectacle to behold, but. That's gorgeous. That was really good. (laughs) But yeah, this is a, this is a great one. My, my sister had a whole piano book full of Disney music when she was younger and she played it back and forth. (laughs) <laughs> and my favorite one to listen to by far was when she would play uh, The Bare Necessities. So, oh, and it's so good. And that must be fun on the piano, too. It sure is. Yeah. yeah. And I just always loved Jungle Book, particularly, especially when I was a kid. So I, this, the Jungle Book and The Bare Necessities and all the music from that movie have a special place in my heart, for sure. Yeah. And I totally. think it's a nice reminder, too, that I think animation has changed so much over time. Mm-hmm. But I think... And so is music, for sure. But I think the quality of a soundtrack can be a bit more apples to apples comparison in a way that you can't say, like, the quality of the drawing or the film itself might run into some different time issues. But but this was made decades and decades ago, and it's just awesome. That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, number six. Yeah, please. Heading to 1997 for our good friend, Hercules. (laughs) You know, the funny thing on this... Is this pod is so pro Hercules and it's, it's really revealing a weakness in my game because I was not a Hercules kid and just, I've got to go back. I I don't think I ever had anything against it. I want to say my mom wasn't cool with us watching it, but I'm sure I'm about to be schooled on yet another reason why I got to get my ass in gear and and rewatch Hercules. Yeah, I mean, so in part to prepare for this pod and just enjoy your podcast <laughs> in general, I listened to Emma's pod over again with Disney side sidekick. So yeah. I was very prepared for your feelings on a few Disney movies, and this is one. So I I think of of all the ones in this list, like it's one of the best, like consistently great soundtracks across the board, um, because a they have different characters singing, but then they also have this like musical muses role that mm. tells the story in a really narrative musical way. The internet claims that the muses were Disney's first portrayal of African American women. Well, I guess they're not American, but yeah. I don't know. In Disney animated films, so I don't know. Wow, but interesting. I, I doubt the credibility of that, but but I think it's a fair point at least that it wasn't a mainstream portrayal well, yet. It's it's very possible that it's the first time that they had portrayed black women on film who weren't in like Song of the South in some oh, crazy God. offensive yeah. way. So it's still even if we're not talking about like some sort of landmark progress from our friends at Disney, still a step. Yeah, and I, I I can't vouch for it either way, but yeah. the internet claimed. I can't decide if it's aged well or poorly. The fact that, like, their Zero to Hero is, like, feels very Motown-y, and, mm-hmm. like, I love that song, but I can't decide if it's good or bad. Like, I, I, I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. I mean, I think I always, as someone who really liked the Motown era music, like, I just felt like it was kind of a Diana Ross and the Supremes yeah. tribute. But oddly, you know, but certainly out of place in the movie itself. But yeah. I don't know. But I, I didn't read anything kind of negative into it, but that could be. I, I'm just now nice. realizing that that, like, feels like it's something they were very intentionally trying to do. And mm-hmm. looking back on it, I, I can see it. But there's some funny music in that movie, too. Like, the, um. So good. The, uh, the song that, well, first of all, that it's Danny DeVito singing it makes it so much better. But the the training montage, what's that song called? Not Go the Distance. Is it Zero to Hero? Oh, One Last Hope. It's One Last Hope. I have it right here. Yeah. Such a good song. Such great. a good song. <laughs> That's a funny one. Uh, 
Yeah, and that's one that I was getting at that I think Disney, like, no one would have been like, oh, thank God, Danny DeVito's gonna sing, you know? But yeah. I think everyone super enjoyed it. It's a great one to sing along to in the car. It's just good, like, classic Disney quick wit. Like, each line is funny on its own, which is kind of cool. And then there are different styles going on, so that's certainly very different than what we're hearing from the muses, like the gospel truth, Zero to Hero. But then we also have I Won't Say I'm in Love, which the Megara character does, which is awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think for that time, a way more complicated, like, love song than we were used to getting. A Star is Born is great. Go the Distance is great. Um, go, go the distance had versions made by Mike, Michael Bolton as well as Ricky Martin after, which is oh kind my. of fun. Whoa. And it's just great. And then go the distance was nominated for best original song, but lost out to my heart will go on from the Titanic. Oh, that's tough. That's a tough, tough one. Look. <laughs> like, that's like losing the best actor the year that Al Pacino won for the mm-hmm. Godfather. Like, I don't know. Tough, tough to compete with that. Yeah, so it doesn't have, like, I think the same awards firepower, but yeah. but it was a tough lineup. <laughs> yeah, the Titanic was a, was a beast. It's so funny that you say that, because I was just listening to the rewatchables for Con Air today, and... <laughs> <laughs> of course. As one does. This ties together so nicely. So the original song in that movie that was originally Leanne Rimes, and then, was it Mariah Carey? Somebody else ended up doing it for the... For the um, for the movie, and that was also nominated for Best Original Song, and it also lost to Titanic. So what? so this song is in some really good company. Wow, of course. A couple of American cinematic classics, <laughs> Titanic and The Great Air. <laughs> I Go the Distance is, is the only way to describe it is epic. Like that's my that might be my wife Allegis's favorite well, Hercules is definitively her favorite Disney movie, and I'm pretty sure Go the Distance is her favorite disney song so i've heard it a lot (laughs) in the last five years it's an awesome one and it's one that like i feel like there are soundtracks you get on that you're listening to and you're like oh i'll skip the song and i just want to get to go the distance but each song in this one is just really fun and worth listening to which is nice it's i love this soundtrack so i definitely if it was like the shelby subjective list it would be higher up but i was trying to we appreciate trying to be a bit fair I'd also like to point out that the instrumental music in this movie is incredible. The dun 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 dun. So good. Like that's the first. This is the first movie on this list where I can think of the thematic music in addition to the soundtrack. Which I don't know if that should factor into our decision at all. But this movie all around very easy on the ears. Yeah, and I think and as you're getting at it, it helps. We believe that it's in ancient Greece somehow, even though we have these like Motown muses involved, but they really set the tone super nicely. Agreed. With the instrumentals. Um, Awesome, awesome movie. So number five, Mm -hmm. we're not moving too far away time-wise. We're just hopping forward a year to 1998 for Mulan. I got to think, I have to think Mulan, the soundtrack to Mulan is actually the most quoted on this so far. For sure. Because any time, any time somebody leaves a let's get down to business hanging out in the universe, it is of course picked up by some smart ass who says, to defeat the Huns. Anytime. Like, so I think this one, <laughs> there's plenty of reasons for Mulan to be ranked this highly. I'm sure we'll get to it. Mm-hmm. But on that alone, this is the most talked about soundtrack here. I gotta think. Uh, potentially. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's a great one to run through some of the great songs in it. 
I should have done this in chronological order, but I didn't. So <laughs> reflection, awesome. Uh, honor oh. to us all. Yep. I'll make a man out of you, which is sung by Donny Osmond, which is a nice like link for parents. I think yes. we're forced to watch this movie over and over. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Where am I? A uh, girl worth fighting for. Yes. And then oddly, so in its end credits is True to Your Heart, which is Stevie Wonder and 98 Degrees. Whoa. Oh my goodness! A classic mashup. Classic. Wow. <laughs> and then, obvi- and potentially not obviously, but then Christina Aguilera at seventeen released a bonus track of "Reflection." Wait, wait, wait like, that could be wrong. I don't trust no, the internet no, anymore. No, no, <laughs> I, I believe that. I think it kind of the timing kind of works out. That's yeah. wild. Christina Aguilera was a heck of an artist. Like back when she actually did music mm-hmm. was kind of the big thing, but she was terrific at this point and I think was probably around the peak of her popularity. So that was a pretty big get for this soundtrack and she crushed it. Mm-hmm. I think the one that sticks with people in general is uh, make a man out of you. Like everyone yeah. knows mm-hmm. all the words of that song. And I can confirm <laughs> from just a few weeks ago it's a really, really killer karaoke song. Because mm. <laughs> you get, if you can get a lot of guys on board with doing the Be a Man while everyone else is singing the rest of it. And I can also tell you that if you can nail the part where he says, Say goodbye to those who knew me. Like, <laughs> people really like that too. So, yeah. <laughs> next time you're out at karaoke, try this one out. It's a, it's a fun time. I'm, that doesn't take a lot of arm twisting. On no, that's a great, that's a, that's I, a really good idea. I would idea. enjoy the, like, beef, oh, this is in, is it the same song? The beef, chicken, pork, mm, mm, like, that's oh, a great line in yeah. the song. And I picture the the movie, you know, like, mm-hmm. he's, he's jumping across, and they, they use the cool, like, animation style yeah. for that and portion. Yeah, he's got, like, like, his dream woman is, like, forming in the clouds above them. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. It's so good. This is sneakily one of the funniest Disney soundtracks. Like, perhaps, I don't know, I don't want to get hyperbolic, but it's definitely one of the funniest soundtracks we will contemplate mm-hmm. here, while also bringing some of the most dramatic and, like, m- it's got the militaristic sound to it, and it's, like, really kind of, it's a pump-up soundtrack and also a really funny soundtrack, and I think it handles that tension really, really well mm-hmm. in a way that the movie does, too, because... The movie deals with very serious topics. Like, it deals with an actual real world military force that threatens to overwhelm an actual real world empire. <laughs> and people in this movie are actually afraid of that. Like, deals yeah. with that, deals with gender stuff, deals with the burdens of your family. And it does all of that with, like, seriousness and humor. And the soundtrack nails that tension, mm-hmm. nails it, and does a really good job of taking a humorous song and turning it into a serious song on a dime and vice versa. That's really cool. And something that I don't think, I don't think you can take for granted. Yeah. I think getting to your earlier point about instrumentals, Kyle, I think like when Mulan's in like fighting action mode, like the, the strings are just so good. Like Mm -hmm. you just, you're just, it's building the tension so well. Yeah. So I don't know. It's a great one. I love it. I could watch and listen to this all the time. And we're only at number five. Yeah, wow. Okay, so number four. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're jumping forward to 2013 to acknowledge the hit sensation of Frozen. Oh, I thought this was going to be another one of the great recent animated films, so I'm so glad it's Frozen. Yeah, well, your opinion is wrong, but I did take some of that stuff into account. Mm -hmm. 
I thought Sophie Super would be on our side on this. I'm 100%. very glad. There's no way. It's yeah, whatever. He, if this was again the Shelby subjective list, that particular film would would do well. The film that shall not be named. Let's talk about the hit, smash hit, <laughs> and wonderful film Frozen. Yeah, so I think this gets to a different era than like this '90s Disney time. It feels yeah. distinctly different. Um, instead of kind of getting a lot of these like pop singers and stuff, we have a cool Broadway presence with Indina Menzel, <laughs> the <Adele> wickedly <laughs> talented <laughs> Adele Majib. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez! You guys have made this joke on the pod. No, but it's a, it's one times. of the funniest things that ever happened in the history of live television because he pretended that he knew her <laughs> and was her friend, and then called her Adele Majib. Yeah, like come on, man. <laughs> you win some, you lose yeah. a lot. You know, come on. <laughs> okay, so different era, huge mainstream success. Yeah. Also, Adina Menzel, super talented Broadway. I also think jo- Josh Gad is super talented and coming off a run from Book of Mormon. Yeah, Josh Gad is is fantastic. Uh, let alone, I'm forgetting his first name, but Goff, the, the person who played yeah. the king in Hamilton was involved. He did, I'm going to stop. But he he does the, the reindeer and then like Hans. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, anyway, so Frozen album debuted at 18 on the Billboard Top 200. The soundtrack topped the Billboard album chart for 13 non-consecutive weeks. It's certified triple platinum and like tons of other stuff. So it it certainly cleaned up and had clear mainstream success and like every small child in the world was singing this song. And yeah. And that's, I think, a problem because it got super annoying and it took me a while to like this movie, but mm-hmm. clearly is representative of some cool stuff. And then when you look under the hood, like, there are also, like other really great songs in yeah. there. Like Fixer Upper is such a good song. Oh, it's fantastic. And then what's the other one? Love's an Open Door is so good. And it just, it, there are some other ones that because Let It Go became so yeah. popular that got overshadowed, but are really good. I think it's safe to say Kyle and I are agreed on our favorite musical uh, number in this film. Not necessarily our favorite song, but our favorite sequence that ties into that, which is something I want to get to in a second, is In Summer, yes. which is oh. just... It's just so perfect and so hilarious. It's just a funny joke and they, they executed it perfectly. But the thing that I want to point about, point out about that, which I think goes also with Fixer Upper is the visual that goes along with the song mm-hmm. is perfect. Like the Fixer Upper scene when the little gnomes or whatever they are are popping up out of the ground and under the rocks to the music. Mm-hmm. It's really cool and it ties in pretty well, um, with what's happening with the soundtrack. So that's something that I think this movie nails is corresponding visuals with the music that that are just awesome i totally agree i I think everyone it's easy to get distracted by let it go which is yeah a certified banger yeah certified but but the the rest that it's super deep like in summer is delightful and hilarious so is fixer upper but even reindeers are better than people that's like 30 seconds (laughs) of pure joy and even the the very first one where they're chopping they're a like cutting up the ice blocks at the beginning of the movie. Like it really, yes! it really sets the tone of like, this is like a Nordic kind of inspired winter centric movie. And it like really gets you in the mood. Love is an open door is the only song that Elijah and I have ever learned to play, uh, as a duet on the piano. So, wow. yeah, that's a good one. We still, we haven't done it in some time, but we did take the time to do that in college, which was fun. We still finish each other's sandwiches. 
Ugh, as one does. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I also, I really need to fix, okay, so it was Jonathan Groff. I said oh, Goff, mm. so I had some quarterback stuff no, in the brain. Okay. <laughs> and then he does the voice of Kristoff, because Hans is the super bad guy. So Jonathan Groff, then, I believe, is the main character from the television show Mindhunter. Yes, he is. Which is very disturbing for those of you who are fans of Frozen. Like, if you are a big <laughs> fan of Kristoff... Do not watch Mindhunter. Your opinion will forever change. Sure. Just stick with his lovely musical stylings in this film. Lovely. And also it has yet to be said, but Kristen Bell is also a treasure yeah. and does great in this yeah. film. And her doing... Whatever. Elsa? No, she's Anna. Whatever. Um, but the song she does, like, do you want, no, do do you want to build a snowman is, yeah. is not quite let it go popularity, I yeah. think, but, but certainly was super fun and awesome. I love the line. My favorite line in that song is when she's, well, something around in the halls. You hang then, in there, Joan. Hang in there, Joan. <laughs> yeah. So fun. I, I think something that they did really well is it's, it, it was really important for the movie to cast a lead vocal uh, actor or vocal performer who we know. So Kristen Bell. So people mm-hmm. know Kristen Bell. They are familiar with her because Adina Menzel is hugely popular with the Broadway set. Like people who know Broadway know her and know she's great, but I didn't know who the hell she was mm-hmm. before this. So if you told me she was like the lead voice in this movie, I'd be like, okay, I don't, okay, whatever. So they had to take somebody who was really experienced with musicals and somebody who was less experienced and they did a great job not making it feel like they were going head to head because Kristen Bell would of course have lost a head to head they gave them different enough tasks to perform for the soundtrack that I think they both handled their parts really well which I think was important because otherwise I think you'd have just forgotten Kristen Bell's songs and just remembered Mm -hmm. them the bangers from Adina Menzel. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a similar formula formula to Wicked, I think. Like, you mm-hmm. let Adina Menzel do these, like, tough kind of show-stopping numbers, yeah. but then you have, in that case, Kristen Chenowich, mm-hmm. I think, doing, like, these super fun, a little yeah. more poppy, but, like, equally awesome and yeah. fun songs, too, and it has a similar dynamic That's here. a great. That's it's, a great point. I imagine they might have learned from that experience. No, and they're very similarly paced, because you get a lot of not Adina Menzel early and gives you enough time mm. to appreciate that, and then it's like, okay, here it is, bang. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. the same structure. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, because that song hits at like just like the the peak of the movie, and yeah. and it yeah. lets it hit with full force because they didn't overuse it before. I right. think that's a really good point. Very true. Oh, it's it's one that took me a long time to love, but I definitely have a lot of respect for now. Mm-hmm. But that's probably in part because it didn't hit when we were kids who would have been singing "Let It Go" all true. day long anyway. So was I singing it all day long? Anyways, yes. Even though I was not <laughs> a child. Absolutely. Excellent honorables so every other disney movie okay <laughs> uh, but but just to name a few steamboat willie <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> a little shoulder thing it's a good one yeah. um <laughs> um so so cinderella um i yeah. kind of mentally thought about it as a stand-in for just that era of like fantasy films that have some really good songs mm-hmm. and that one actually has some great ones like bippity boppity boo and yep. um so this is love and just some good stuff fantasia just an awesome use of music to enhance a movie yep. Ugh, moana just so so good. Still haven't seen Moana. What's I know, your problem? I don't know what the deal is with that. I get to get on Moana and Hercules. I know this is weird. That's a weird gap for me. Wait, to be clear, you've seen Hercules though. Yes, <laughs> I have seen Hercules, but I saw it long enough ago that yeah. it's worth seeing again and trying to understand why you guys love it so much. Marie, our our friend of the pod, the one who so highly recommended a legendary Christmas, is absolutely mm. obsessed with Moana. 
and she will have a very serious problem with us leaving it off this list, I think. Just, it goes, it's worth mentioning here. It's a great, great soundtrack, and like you were saying mm-hmm. earlier, The Rock has a lot of time in this soundtrack, which, like, he's yeah. not afraid to do that, which is cool. Yeah, and I think it's similar to some of the other choices they made that to take this kind of fun, sidekicky character and force him to sing. <laughs> and it's non-traditional, but it's awesome. And he's just super talented. So yeah, I think Moana is a strong contender and we can talk about that. But that this is where I had it for now. Mm-hmm. Tangled, which Great I think time. got dinged by like popularity, but strength of soundtrack is high. Like really, really rocking songs in there. I'd fight hard for that one just because the land, what's the name of the song about the lanterns? Um, uh, now I've seen the light. Yes. We seriously considered dancing to that at our first song at our wedding. Like, it's such a beautiful Ooh. song. And I think the, um, the song about having dreams is. I have a dream. Yeah. Oh, it might be my favorite Disney song there is. It is so funny and so catchy. I, and then the, the opening to that movie where she's listing all the things that she oh, does. When that's all, one of my I, favorites. Like that, that trifecta of songs right there is like on the mount it's on the mount rushmore for me i i'm gonna argue a little harder for tangled when we're when this is all said and done regardless of what you think mike that's fair no i mean it's a movie i love so i'm not (laughs) yeah i love all of these so i'm really not super upset but so some things i thought about i think it gets lumped with frozen and it just loses to frozen every time yeah and it doesn't have the big following which is unfortunate i think (laughs) my sister would like this like so the way that Rapunzel looks at the end is basically Mandy Moore, which is super fun. <laughs> um, and so Mandy Moore singing When Will My Life Begin to kick off the film is awesome. I've Got a Dream is great and is a great use of the brother from Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh, you're totally um, right. Mm-hmm. Which is just a fun, like, it's nice to see you again. Friend. Raymond! Because <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to be a concert pianist. <laughs> And then also, my sister mentioned this. So Mother Knows Best is sung by Donna Murphy, who's a very famous singer. Okay. Uh, Broadway, I think. Um, so like, again, another one where they like have some different people singing and it's really good. So we'll discuss. I think it's just kind of constrained by the popularity or not popularity of the movie. It's also tough because this is just an incredibly stacked list. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And then other ones not mentioned. So the Aristocats, like everybody wants yep. to be a cat is just true. Yes. Um, (laughs) Princess and the Frog, just great capturing like the essence of New Orleans and just Mm -hmm. really cool music. Lilo and Stitch, some, some cool tones there. And then Goofy Movie. Ah, the extremely Goofy Movie? Extremely. Also great. I, I'm, I love the, I think that one has less original music. I really like the (laughs) 60s, 70s, like shake your groove thing kind of stuff. (laughs) But the first one, like music, I think, like with, with Max going after the, the singer or trying to go to that concert, like, makes yep. music a big, like, character in the movie. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Um, and I was listening to that soundtrack today, because, you know. Sure. I, I did. And it's <laughs> great. <laughs> it's just, I forgot how great it was. And so that one isn't as popular either, but deserves its recognition. Beautiful. So that's what I had. Cool. I think those are good ones. Yeah. 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 Want to hit us with the top three? Yes, yes, yes. So now, number three, clocking in, is Aladdin. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it did win the Oscar for A Whole New World. It has other greats like Prince Ali and Friend Like Me. Robin Williams is just amazing in yeah. here. So Alan Menken worked on this one. He's, the, I think, the composer I've been talking a lot mm-hmm. about. But then Robin Williams certainly like adds his elements, and there's so much more going on there. <laughs> yeah. I kind of gave it a little bit of extra credit because it has the musical running right now, which adds some other cool songs to the mm. mix. Like, Proud of Your Boy is really good. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a nice, is like one of the more successful Disney 
Broadway endeavors, and A Whole New World beat with, ended Whitney Houston's 14-week reign on the Billboard Hot 100, kicking off, uh, beating out I Will Always Love You. Oh my god. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Holy so, shit. So, you know, if we're talking about, like... It's com- like an all-time song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when we're talking about, like, Disney songs go up against tough competition, and they win. You know, yeah. so... Holy crap. It's a great soundtrack. Like, just so great. Yeah, this is what this is one of my favorites. I think it's strong throughout. Mm-hmm. It takes on some musical themes that not a lot of other Disney movies had handled. Like, there's just some different instruments because the movie is set in ancient Arabia. Like, there's mm-hmm. just different sounds that are really cool and kind of fun to fun to hear. And I think they pick up those themes nicely in songs that are pretty traditionally Disney, but that have a, a little bit of a different sound. And there's just all this stuff is great, and it, I'm sure it looks great in terms of sheet music and the lyrics, but it pops so hard off the page the moment you put Robin Williams Ugh. in it. Like, this has this just crazy X factor of Robin Williams being, like, the voice that you're actually hearing in your head. This is amazing. Yeah, never had a friend like me and, and Ali, or Prince Ali are, like, for we- yeah. weirdly, like those two pop out to me more than Whole New World. Totally, mm-hmm. Prince Ali is the one that pops to me number one. Oh, interesting. I think Friend Like Me fits like that more for me, but yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like A Whole New World is is the traditional show stopping yeah. number. I think Robin Williams, they just got super lucky that he's just such a talented force. Yeah, was this talent? And then One Jump Ahead is great too, and it just it just enhances the movie at every turn. So I think it's a great one. Yeah, I had I probably have not. <laughs> Our friend Quinn always says he has, if he hasn't done something in a while, he'll say, I haven't done X thing since the nineties. And mm. I probably haven't actually seen <laughs> Aladdin since 1998 or not. what, what year did you say this was? I didn't. I'm actually, I don't have the date written down. I want to say that. it might be a little oh, earlier. Oh, it's 92. It was 92. It was I, 92 yeah. I was going to yeah. say, this feels like when I was watching at a very young age. So. I, I haven't seen this in far too long. I probably need to get back to it, but you're going to have to because you got the live action coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Despite not having seen this in probably close to 20 years, I can still, I can remember the visual sequences that go along with these songs extremely well. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I remember the music because I can remember those scenes and what they looked like. It's definitely the other way around, which I think speaks to the power of like these songs to capture what's going on in the film. Definitely. Yeah. Totally. Like it. Yeah. Very, very much like this at three. Excellent. Number two, my lord. Um, I think it's becoming clear what's left. Yep. So number two, we have the iconic Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. So I'm, a, I'm very glad about this for two reasons. One, Beauty and the Beast belongs this high. And two, this guarantees, I hope, yeah. Yeah. that you have made the right selection that for number Planet one. Treasure Planet is number one. Yeah, Treasure <laughs> Planet, thankfully, is number one. <laughs> Talk to us. Ugh, it's so good. And it feels a bit... I think some of the other ones do some cool things, taking music from other places and mm-hmm. eras, and I think this one is just, like, core yeah. in a really cool way. I think Angela Landbury, Beauty and the Beast, is just, like, a phenom. It won the Oscar. Yeah. It's one of Disney's most successful Broadway runs. It did, like, over 5,000 performances. I've seen it. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Whoa. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that he's seen it, I know. It's wild. <laughs> yeah. That um, ultra was asshole. 
And then, so it has some cool Broadway influences, some of the classical movie stuff. Like, it incorporates the French elements of the movie, I think, pretty well. Yep. It, it just, it's just excellent. It won Golden Globe for Best Original Score. It, I think it won a Grammy. Beauty and the, the Beauty and the Beast title song won. It was oh. nominated for Album of the Year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so I haven't, I haven't done a good job of talking about it, but it's, so Alan Menken and Howard Ashman were kind of the duo that did a lot of the soundtrack work through this era. It's just a great score. And it's also, I think when you like dig into it a little more, there's a lot of cool things going on in wow. it. And as we talked about some of the other ones, I think it, it spreads the wealth really well. Like Gaston is an awesome song mm-hmm. and it, the bell opening number is really, really good. Those are two of my favorites. Yeah. And it's like Marie the Baguettes, you know, like it just, even the, I don't know, just little pieces of all of these songs are just so great. And then it builds toward this like really traditional. Beauty and the Beast show stopping number and let alone and we only live to serve they're like be our guest be our guest yep. so love it yeah I mean this album speaks for itself I, be our guest has a special place in our heart because it has we have strong ties to it through where we lived in college we would hear it every year at the talent show and it's just a great it's just a great tune and like that another I think like that song's really funny. <laughs> I think we made the same joke on the sidekicks pod, but when they say uh don't believe us, ask the dishes like that, <laughs> yeah. that kills every time. <laughs> I don't it even sure care. Does. You did make that joke on that pod. Yeah. <laughs> this really is one that you said it, Kyle. Like this speaks for itself. This is the perfect this is basically the perfect movie soundtrack. It's advances the plot really mm-hmm. well. It builds really nicely. It spreads the wealth like Shelby said it's perfect I I like every scene that I remember from this movie has music to it the stuff in between is great but everything that in my brain when I'm thinking about this movie has music and it's not always totally a showstopper a lot of times it's sort of a little more plot driven and it's people Mm -hmm. talking going back and forth like I'm picturing a good example of that, I think, is this scene when the townspeople are ready to storm the castle. Mm-hmm. It's not like this big number that you remember, but it's just kind of getting you ready for what's happening. It's kill like the it's, beast. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's like kind of, it's building to the moment, but it's not intruding on the scene. And then, of course, you hit something like Beauty and the Beast. It's just, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. That, I, I don't know what else to say. It's just so great. Yeah. And I think, I think what's cool is it, 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 many things, but I think, it has this whole cast of like the dishes and things yeah. and like the musical numbers are just such an awesome way to give you their whole scope and introduce mm-hmm. them all. And it, it really uses that really well. Yeah. Brilliant. Totally. It's great. So road to El Dorado, maybe not even Disney <laughs> film. Number one. I don't think so. Pretty sure it's DreamWorks. Great film anyways, but yeah, whatever. So number one is the Lion King. Yeah. I thought it might be. I was hoping. Yeah, it's just excellent. I think it ends up being at the top of so many of these lists, but just because it just does so much right. It has people like Elton John and Hans Zimmer and Nathan Lane working on it. Yeah. So getting a lot of different styles and tones and really is just really smart with what it does. Um, songs like Can You Feel the Love Tonight, Hakuna Matata, Circle of Life, <laughs> Be Prepared is like all-timer villain song. Uh, that's, yeah, that's the, that's the villain, villain song. Yeah. That's, the, that's the villain song. Okay, it's the villain song. And then like everyone's excited about the live action remake. Like there's just, they're doing so much right. It's one of four Disney, <laughs> animated Disney albums to reach the Billboard Top 10. It's sold over 7.8 million. 
of the soundtrack. It ten times platinum, three nominations for best original song, <laughs> like competing against itself. Every so every Can you feel the love tonight? Yeah. Circle of life and Akuna Matata. Oh my god! And then Zimmer won best score and won best in- instrumental arrangement. And then like, and it just kids love it. It's like it, it's like high class, but fun to sing and like just really really effective. It's just awesome. Every song you just named, uh, maybe with the exception of Be Prepared, which is a little bit more specific, every one of those songs is in contention for best Disney song ever. Mm-hmm. Each one of those ones. Like, if we if we could somehow go through this whole list and rank best songs, I think all of those would be in the top ten. Like, the, yeah. it's just hit after hit after mm-hmm. hit that works perfectly in the movie, that stunningly works outside of the context of the movie, that is just just like mind-blowingly incredible. Yeah. Just mind-blowing how great this this movie is and how great the soundtrack is. Yeah, it's definitely got a lot of cultural staying power. Like like Hakuna Matata and like The Circle of Life are things that people say without the context of the music. I like yeah. Like just like wild to think about. You don't really I can't really think of another soundtrack on or song on this list that really does that in the same way. That has the same cultural relevance, but you're right. Like if if we're considering like sing along ability as a big part of this, then like Lion King is even more deserving. So because you can mm-hmm. sing along to basically every song on this album and really belt it out and have fun with them. So I, I mean, I don't think it's any question that this is number one. Have either of you guys seen the Broadway play? Yes, I haven't. Is it incredible? Because I feel like that's got to be. It was inc- inc- so I saw. I mean, I don't know. If, I don't know what like our. I saw it in Boston, but it was the traveling yeah. version yeah. of the Broadway musical. It was stunning. Yeah, absolutely stunning. I, so the only thing that I do want to note about that is the songs translate really well to the musical. They're better in the movie because mm-hmm. you. I probably just because they have such a like a specific sound in my head yeah but the thing about the musical is the costumes Mm. the costumes are just stunningly beautiful they're really creative like how do you get a giraffe on stage without some sort of really complicated costume you have this really cool headpiece that somebody puts on like just the way they were so creative and and sort of like strategic in those costumes is it's it's a side note but just for anybody who does have a chance to see that if it ever is an option like it's really cool. I would like to. Yeah. You, yeah, you same. done, I think you done right with this at number one. It's, it's yeah. hard to, it's hard to picture something. It's hard else to make here. an argument for some, something else. Yeah. It just, it does so much so, so well. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. That's what I got. K Dog. I don't think I have a single, uh, soundtrack that Shelby didn't mention that I would want mentioned. You were unsurprisingly very thorough. I can't think. Any like I, I yeah. was trying to think of like other Disney movies that even have music in them. Like, does Sleeping Beauty have any music in it besides like the little thing that she sings, like her little theme? I guess I I thought it did. I don't know. Like I, the fact that we I'm don't know sure. is like pretty damning. Snow White has whistle while you work. And like that. Someday my prince will come. Yeah, uh, that's a that's like the only that's probably the only iconic Disney song that isn't represented by the soundtrack here i think like whistle i work is is pretty pretty iconic but yeah other than that i don't i don't think there's really anything that were isn't mentioned 
Yeah, I mean, not that they would be in contention, I think, but what's wild to me is like, so we've, we've alluded to the issues of Songs of the South. Yeah. It won an Oscar for Zippity Doodah. I mean, Zippity Doodah is yeah. an incredible song. And then like, Pinocchio it's... isn't great. It won an Oscar for When You Wish Upon a Star. Yeah. You know, like uh, there's. Sure. Holy shit, that's wild. Pinocchio. I forgot. Yeah. yeah. My sister pointed out Nightmare Before Christmas has a following mm. um, and some Ooh. cool and different style music. I didn't um, think about I don't that. love the Hunchback. Of, I don't love Hunchback of Notre Dame, but mm-hmm. it has. It's also Disney Renaissance era and has some cool stuff. So those are, you didn't mention them, but, you know, I just wanted to just in case. Okay. So, Kato, when I look at this list, I'm completely comfortable and perfect on the top five, for sure. Like, I look at the top five, I don't think I would change a thing. I don't know about you. Yeah, I mean, the only quibble I might have is to move, like, to interchange frozen and mulan but yes actually i'm with you let's do that because that's the only if oh, shelby's okay with it that's the only move i might make and just because we kind of like i think I, I think i think mulan's a little bit is slightly superior to make that argument i would just say that i feel like mulan like we would have to revisit this when frozen has been around as long as mulan yeah. has because i suspect that frozen won't like people won't bang to let it go the way people still bang to I'll make a man out of you. That's like my my suspicion. But like I said, it's a quibble and I, I wouldn't argue too strongly for it. It's more of a gut feeling. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm I'm fine with that either way. It brings up an interesting like question though of initial success versus long term yeah. staying power. I mean, I think Frozen is one of the biggest moments I think for Disney in a while, but I guess I wasn't cognizant to be realizing if Mulan had a similar thing. Yeah. It did have the Rick and Morty Szechuan sauce at McDonald's, but that's not music oh. related. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. You're very aware of what's happening in the culture. I did my research. Yeah. Yes, you did. Do you have any that you'd want to actually insert into the list? Or are you happy with the contents of the list? I'm very happy with the contents of the list. Uh, what was the one that you were saying you wanted to battle for? I just have a strong personal connection with Tangled. Yep. But putting it up against Pocahontas and Tarzan, I think... I think as a whole, Tangled, I think, like, start to finish is an album I prefer to those two albums. But, like, I, I just made the longevity case for Mulan, and I don't know, like, Tangled definitely doesn't have that over Pocahontas or Tarzan. Yeah. And didn't, definitely didn't have as much, uh, commercial success as either of those two albums. So, I guess I'd be fine having it come in at, a, like, a strong, strong honorable mention. Okay. Um, so what about ordering the back of the list then? Do you have any thoughts on that? Or are you, are you pretty good with where things are at? <laughs> I, I really like the way it's ordered. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I think just so we don't, people don't think we didn't do our job or we fell asleep at the switch, we should make the frozen and Mulan sure. flop and then leave everything else as is. Shelby, I, I have to say, I've like stunned at the level of preparation that you had for this. I like, that was, what an incredible performance. Just <laughs> wow. You just you pitched a shutout in your major league debut. This is this is essentially a perfect list. Oh, thank you. And, and and I just I also want to make a really important note about the degree of difficulty here. This was not like an uber specific list where people won't weigh in or have thoughts and there's only like 10 options anyway. Yeah. This is an enormous universe you're pulling from. And you nailed it. So I think traditionally this would be an excellent time for you to recap the list and walk us through it 10 to 1 with our significant reordering. 
Sure. Yes. And we made the the four five switch. Yes, I think we decided Perfect. to. Just again, shout out to my sister. We had a lot of debate, so oh, I love this. Okay, so worth mentioning, an honorable mention, like because I listed every other Disney movie in this category. We have Tangled. I also think Moana deserves kind of that spot as yeah, well. Yeah, for sure. Um, but they're newer, and I I look forward to doing this list in five ten years <laughs> and seeing how we feel about it. So clocking in at number ten, Tarzan. Number nine, Pocahontas. Number eight, The Little Mermaid. Number seven, The Jungle Book. Six, Hercules. Five, Frozen. Critical. Mm-hmm. Number four, Mulan. Number three, Aladdin. Number two, Beauty and the Beast. Number one, The Lion King. Incredible. Our compliments to the chef. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll close it by saying, as Mike alluded to earlier, our theme music and not top three music were both composed by the legendary Kevin McLeod. So we thank him for that. And, Doctor of music, yeah. Kevin McLeod. And our uh, stunning artwork was, as always, put together by the very talented Aaron Sant, whose stuff is still on Instagram at Sant Design. Damn straight. And if anybody wanted to get our podcast, there's a lot of places they could get it. I'd say you should go basically anywhere podcasts can be found. The Apple Podcast app, Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. Those would be great places to check them out. And if you wanted to see our social media, check us out on Twitter, Top10KM. Check us out on Instagram, where there's lots of rich content. Rich. Top 10 KM. Very rich. It's like mahogany. Uh, If you wanted to email us, hit us up at top10km at gmail.com. In all of these cases, the 10 is spelled out T-E-N. So, until next week, Shelby, thank you for joining us. Thank you for your wonderful work. A thousand times thank you. What a great (laughs) great guest you were. Uh, We really... really very uh, honored that you would grace this lowly podcast with your intelligence and research ability. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> All right. Bye, Adios. guys. Bye. Top down to Kyle Mike. Ah!